Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now of pod it's a very exciting episode because got season back i am hi i'm back <laughs> so long <laughs> so this week we have a, a very good topic and i think it relates specifically um to what we're living through at the moment with this election cycle because a lot of these patterns are repeating yeah um and so this is sort of a, a look back uh at the sort of politi- political science history, maybe, a little bit? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean... We're going to look at the Southern strategy and how the Republicans realigned with the Southern South. Yeah. Or, sorry, Solid South. Yeah. yeah. That's what they called it, Solid South. Yeah. Um, and the, the tactics that were so successful are still being employed... Uh, and I think it'll become obvious to you as we talk about yeah. it. So, um, anyway, just it was inspired by this election cycle and voting rights issues, et cetera. And um, we haven't really shaken the legacy off. So. Yeah. Right. And I think also, well, the word choices that we are seeing today are very much you can very much see the context going back to the southern strategy oh yeah it's like its own language but but encoded yes yeah. <laughs> right yes and over the past i would say 40 or 50 years not much has changed in that lexicon yeah just cuz yeah. different different uh different ways of saying the same thing that's right yeah that's right it's almost the way that you hear like the mafia when they think they're being (laughs) taped by the feds (laughs) and you have a pretty good idea they're talking about a prostitution ring but they keep talking about daycare centers (laughs) and giving giving their girls popsicles at lunch while they're not exactly saying what you think they are, it's close enough. Oh, okay. Real quick, let's just can. I would like for somebody, n- not me, prayer. yeah, oh. not me, to just give a brief like intro, intro paragraph to what is okay. the su- southern strategy. 
Well, right. I think we have to go back and we have to imagine a time. <laughs> imagine a time when yes. the Re- Republican Party was the party of Abraham Lincoln. That's mm-hmm. right. Right? What was Abraham Lincoln famous for, on? Um, being really tall. That's right. Really honest. That's right. And the Emancipation Proclamation. What? Wait That's what second. I heard. I don't know. Also, he, I believe, I do believe he was assassinated. Right. He was assassinated. Um, but. Which one's important he, here? Well, I think it's the beard without the mustache because I've always <laughs> found it disarming. My grandpa kind of had that facial hair configuration going. Yeah, it's, you know, very sort of... The chin strap? <laughs> well, it, that's earned another reputation of its own. So if, <laughs> if Lincoln started that trend, I'd hate to... <sighs> anyway, so, so... Go ahead, Ann. Oh, I'm Okay, so... After the Civil War, uh-huh. you've got the South voting Democrat. Right. Right. Because, because Abraham being the party of Lincoln, emancipation, and being anti-slavery. Right. Um, so how in the world was there this amazing transformation where now it's... 70 to 80 percent of white southern voters now vote republican right that's a really good question Anne. like if you were to look at a at one of those election maps where all the states are different colors (laughs) it used to be used to be blue that's right in the south but now that voting oh but, but now it is it is not it is very very red it's red. It's as it's red, red as the red The other color we use on that map. Actually, um, the map I saw uh, during the 60s had three colors. The other one was for independent mm-hmm. and or George Wallace. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> well, I mean, I the, basically kind of, I didn't go that far back, but what, like, the sort of flashpoint for the Southern strategy was like Brown versus Board of Education, right? That's kind of where they figured out that that they can sort of take over the the narrative there with, uh, mm-hmm. you know, people who didn't want to desegregate, basically. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's, you know, that's kind of where my... Yeah, and that... That's where you were going, Gina, and I think that's a great place to start. Okay. Um, yeah, so after that decision, uh, it meant that people in the South were going to have to integrate their schools. And at the time, that caused quite a bit of fury. And um, in some churches, they, um, in order to fight integration they used but the bible like they did to you know um justify slavery and yeah. jim crow laws and the rest of it and the it it their hub of it was in dallas texas there was a very popular pastor pastor chriswell 
And in order to win that district, um, Bruce Alger, and this is in the mid fifties, had to change his politics. So he was a Republican and like we established with the solid South, um, nobody was voting um, for a Republican because it was, again, it was for Northerners. Well, yeah, people, I think people are just used to voting Democrat. It's just kind of like now where people are used to voting for Republican, where they are even kind of willing to just, you know, not examine very much and vote (laughs) against, (laughs) against their own best interests in a lot of cases. But I think this is just like that, that sort of Southern Democrat momentum that had, that had been, you know, just the inertia, you know, of voting for one party. But then, yeah, it was, yeah, but then Alger ran basically as a segregationist, right? Right. And then they were like, okay, well. Yeah, so it was his campaign that, again, he based to try, or he, his, Theory. He was a. He believed in gradualism, so he felt that it was inevitable that they were going to have to integrate schools, and that you know the they weren't going to be able to certainly openly practice Jim Crow like Jim Crow laws and uh, those sorts of things. So they were they didn't want a huge upheaval because they didn't want to spark violence, but at the same time they had to. Well, and there's a huge civil Still rights movement. Find a way to. They wanted to find a way to find to maintain the status quo. Right. Right. Exactly. That's great. Yeah. There's yeah. a huge civil rights movement going on, and like, southern racism is getting a whole lot of bad pub, and it's <laughs> <laughs> pretty yeah. ugly. It's looking pretty ugly, and yeah. I think southern even people man. are people are realizing that like you can't just you know go around casually dropping racial slurs i mean obviously you can but especially in politics you've got to be a little bit more subtle about uh how you phrase things and you know how you how you appeal to people's sort of uglier instincts yeah well and i think and what drives a lot of people crazy now too is that it was no longer socially acceptable to be overtly racist. Right, and that's, and that's, yeah. Yeah. And so people at the time felt like they do now with political correctness. They resented being told, like, what they could and could not do or what was or was not acceptable. Kind of like people don't appreciate um, having to like gay marriage or to bake a cake for a ceremony right. or right. just because you tell me not to be hateful to gay people anymore doesn't mean it's right. right. You know, yeah. it's just that I have to pay a price for it yeah. that I didn't before. Yeah. 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 And if I were to just say that I would look like an asshole, but I think, you know, but instead I'm going I mean. to talk about my religious freedom. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> So you'll see a lot of this wink, wink. Yeah, there's a lot of wink, wink. Would this be an appropriate time to bring up my uh, my game? Oh yeah. <laughs> I just thought it would be kind of fun. I mean, we've been skirting around this for a little while about this coded language. <laughs> Let's just 
call it what it is. Um, so I, <laughs> I think, I'm loving it. and I'm gonna li- I'm gonna be on the lookout. Okay. And, be- and by that I mean I'm gonna be on the listen out with my ears. Okay. Okay. To your words. Okay. And to my words. so, all of your words. And when something comes up, I'm gonna say, ding 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 ding, because you will have earned a square on my dog whistle bingo chart. Oh, oh fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Cool. Cool. Okay. I'm ready. So, yeah. So, you know, um, I think most people are familiar with the term dog whistle, right? A dog whistle term or a dog whistle phrase. But I'm going to tell yeah. you. Thank I'm you. Gonna, I'm going to yeah. tell you precisely what I mean by it. Okay. Good. Because I, yeah, I okay. would like that. <laughs> so, I mean, the definition I'm working from here, and I think there's a little bit of room to kind of, uh, you know, play with it or whatever, and some people might disagree. But this is this is what I'm working with. A term or a phrase that may sound innocuous to some people, but which also communicates something more insidious, either to, right? either to a subset of the audience or outside of the audience's conscious awareness. Mm-hmm. It's a covert appeal to a noxious set of views. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, um, so one of like the sort of, like we said earlier, states rights, dog whistle, right? Because is that that on your bingo chart? Oh, it most certainly is. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. In the middle, I'm thinking the middle can be like, uh, the free one can be government handout. (laughs) Right. Okay. Wait, where does welfare queen? It's on there. Where's that? Oh, it's on there. Okay. I mean, it doesn't come up yeah. until later. I'll cut it. Doesn't come up no, until. No, you can't cut it. No, it plays into. Yeah, ding, ding, ding. Uh, you got a square. Ding, ding. It's coded language that comes up later. I'm not going to That's know right. later. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm making um, a note. But so, so I, yeah. some of the <laughs> earlier ones, like states' rights, is an earlier one, and then. Um, uh, you know, the Nixon law and order, he's famous for the law and order, yes. right? Which basically yeah, yeah. cracking down on, like, tough on crime. Right. Sure. Okay. Right. Ding, ding, ding. Um, that famous, and this probably comes up later. I'm not sure, like, timeline wise, where uh, Lee Atwater comes up. Oh, yeah, I got I got a butte from him. Yeah, his, I mean, his, like, infamous quotes, but his, I mean, he basically straight up like lays out what the su- southern strategy is in that quote so okay right. well yeah. do, let's hear it gina do you want well, okay, to so, lay that one down or do you want to fill in some blanks where, before we get there yeah well yeah so we'll you okay. know we're still in the magic school bus. bus okay there's resentment because at the time in the 50s this was brown versus board of education and there's a civil rights movement on the horizon but they realized that it's not so acceptable, certainly in the South, uh, to segregate businesses, train cars, right. yeah. buses, etc. Yeah. Um, um, to oh, I would no. I was just thinking like national media seeing pictures of like the dogs, yeah, fire hoses. Yeah, that's the bad pub I was speaking of. <laughs> right. Bad yeah. Pub. Like, like, Right, right. So people outside of Mississippi, for example, would wonder why German shepherds were being let loose on children. Right. So yeah. uh, it didn't look great. 
Well, and also yeah. to the rest of the world. I mean, this yeah, is it, televised it, it, like everywhere. Yeah. It right. um it it called to mind maybe some images from World War Two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I think yo. what links the two is um the sadism. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. And um, cruelty. Yeah. And um, it's a way to um, treat people, um, I would say, lethally disrespectfully. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, so disrespectful <laughs> that they may well die from it. Right. Uh, and it's based uh, not on their character or their choices or decisions, but just uh, on, uh, on the race. So, uh, yeah, you, you would think coming out of the second world war that, that people would feel a bit of a sting from that. So it's not a good look. It's not a good look. No, because, uh, because it is uh base and cruel. The optics are poor. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. <God>. right. <sighs> like, you know, um, like Jimmy Stewart isn't gonna be playing the guy with the fire hose right. aimed at students, yes. yeah, um, as a hero, right? Right, but like that, that guy is. It, oh well, see, everybody. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I can't. I can't do Jimmy can't Stewart either. at all. Yeah, uh, I'm not oh, even gonna Murray. try. <laughs> Murray. Anyway. Um, oh, give me the moon. <laughs> yeah, I'll give, give me, me the moon. I'll lasso it. Lasso it for you, Murray. Oh, Mr. Potter. Oh, good. Um, not again. It's not yeah, good. Dana Carvey. Yeah, I know. No, Dana Carvey had a nail down. Yeah, right. So but, magic yeah, school bus. Yeah. We're still in the mid 1950s. We're still imagining a time, right, where there's soda films and hot dogs on the grill. Mm-hmm. Um, but so here we go. Here's where you're gonna see a bit of a shift in the language. But again, what they're trying to do is appeal to a set of voters, but they're not appealing to their overt racism. They're figuring out what issues this voting block is interested in and sort of advertising to those without addressing the fact that what they mostly have in common (laughs) is their feeling towards people of different races. Yeah. Yeah. So, for example, if you have a huge group of people that have come to a concert, you know that they all love Depeche Mode, right? I do. But if you couldn't... (laughs) But if you couldn't say, I just want people that like Depeche Mode to vote, you could also figure out that uh, they watch horror movies or they were goth in their teens or, (laughs) you know, they probably take medicine for depression You know, um, they've either never married or been divorced. Um, This is awesome. They um, have a lot of adopted cats. Um, So, um, okay. So, how are you going to appeal to the Depeche Mode concert? So, how do I appeal to Depeche Mode fans? Yeah. 
Well, so again, here we are in the 60s, right? And um, Nixon, and he's running, and um, he takes some hints from Barry Goldwater, who is the one that lost to LBJ. Uh And um, he realizes there's a lot of social upheaval. And again, I don't know if you've heard um, anything about a Democratic mob. (laughs) Ding, 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 ding. But but these people will shout. They will march on the streets. Be so disruptive yeah they will come up to you in a cuban restaurant and voice shout you down their concerns <coughs> right you can't even Do... enjoy your sofrito right is it morally equivalent to putting a bomb in a church that kills four little girls no it's still to a certain group of people to depeche mode fans <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, to the Mode fans, they um, they don't appreciate long-haired hippies. Okay. Right. right. Yeah. And it just makes them uneasy, and it's not what they remember growing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but I think Cezanne could fill in the blanks on what the vocabulary that was used to attract those again the Depeche Mode fans or however you want to group like. <laughs> Uh, the only person who listened to the Gatlin brothers or (laughs) what do these group of people have? Uh, they're people who are accustomed to humidity. Um, Well, so and even then they were still using states, states rights. Yeah. Okay. And, um, then, you know, and wait a minute. Oh, Nixon. Yes. Sorry. Let me get to him. Silent majority. <gasps> yeah. That was Nixon's term was silent majority. Yeah. What's a good explanation of that? Well, imagine if there was a group of people who just didn't feel comfortable saying what they really felt deep inside out loud. Okay. <laughs> okay. Imagine if you were felt so oppressed that yeah. you couldn't express your hideous views overtly. <laughs> Wait, is this the PC police again? <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Oh, wow. You're so oppressed. Right. You might consider yourself a part of that silent majority. <laughs> God. Because who who was being loud around this time? If you're guessing the Democratic mob, bunch of activists, right? Um, draft uh, people burning their draft cards. Mm-hmm. Not like my dad who went in their brasiers, right? Not like me who had to go to Korea. These kids are burning Smoke, their draft smoking cards, smoking reefers, having sex outside of marriage, eating acid. God knows. Well, yeah. eating, acids. eating acids basically now now we're just describing like a scene for forrest gump <laughs> right so is it this is this is okay hey this is gina from acts of pod and excuse the interruption but i did want to take the opportunity 
to um, promote another podcast that I think our audience might like. Um, There are two podcasters. It's called She Who Persisted. Um, They've got a transatlantic friendship and they take an academic viewpoint on everything from the recent Supreme Court nomination to menstruation, uh, vegan feminism, uh, all, well, you know, how to be a good male feminist, but all the sort of issues that we really embrace. And uh, I think you'd really enjoy it. So I'm going to play their promo for you. Thanks. Are you a human being, a life on planet Earth? Do you have a life human being problems? Then first of all, chances are you're not alone with that. Second of all, chances are patriarchy is the source of a lot of these problems. And third of all, boy, do we have a podcast for you. I'm Beatrice from Vienna, Austria. And I'm Elizabeth from Vienna, Virginia. And together, we're the hosts of She Who Persisted, the Nasty Podcast. A bi-weekly feminist show that talks about anything and everything from a feminist perspective. From pop culture to politics, to health issues, to mythology, to bodies, to sexuality, to religion, to chocolate. Lots of chocolate. We've got you covered. We combine empathetic, frank conversations with nasty, witty, sarcastic commentary on a patriarchal mess that we're in. And you can subscribe to She Persisted on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Pocket Casts, CastBox, Block Talk Radio, and basically anywhere else you can find podcasts. And also on shewhopersisted.com. We all need a little more nasty in our lives. So hop on board, join the persistence, and most of all, stay, stay nasty. nasty. She was warned. She was given an explanation. Nevertheless, she persisted. So essentially what happened is all the so everybody that was in Leave It to Beaver accidentally walked onto the set of the doors. Right. Okay, so imagine how terrified. Poor thing. They didn't like it. Aww. Because up is down, down is up. Yeah, like, nothing makes sense anymore. One Who pill am I? Why am I here? Larger. <laughs> exactly. And one pill makes you small. <laughs> Go ask Alice. Oh, go. Here we go. Here we go. Oh. So, anyway. Okay. (laughs) (sighs) Where were we? Silent majority. Oh, okay. Silent majority. And so, again, the reason why this is important is because it offers deniability, right? Exactly. So, if you were to ask, if you were to ask Nixon, or uh, Herbert Walker Bush or Reagan, if they were actively trying to get the racist vote, of course they would say no. And they would say, what have I said that's racist? <laughs> right. You can't prove that. Try, prove it. Right. Prove it. Right. right. So right. what they've realized is like, I'm just trying to appeal to people who have shopped at a Piggly Wiggly. Right. Right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm. so there, there's a way that, again, it's like with the mob. I don't run drugs. I run daycare centers. Right? Like, this looks like a nice place. 
shame if something were to happen to it. Like, I'm not <laughs> saying I'm going to burn it down. It's not a threat. I'm genuinely concerned about right. the possibility. And oh, God. So... I think you ex- people will experience that same sort of frustration when, for example, in Charlottesville, you have um, young white men with tiki torches mm-hmm. and um, saying things like Jews will not replace us. Right. Uh-huh. And uh, nobody in the party in power is openly condemning them. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Because there's good people, as we know, on both sides. On both sides. (laughs) I mean, there's two sides to every story. You know, let's all listen to Hitler. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, no matter how flat you make a pancake, there's two sides. Just come on. But you know what? Come on. And just stop it. Just, and would really appreciate it if you would just <laughs> cut it stop out. It. it is it is nonsense and ridiculous. And, and is appealing to your better reasons and your better angels. Your better angels. Ugh. And would you describe the way that you feel? Would a phrase <laughs> would a phrase that you would use be? Don't piss on my leg and tell me it's raining. <laughs> that's because that's kind of how I feel. Yeah. Is that I'm witnessing things with my own eyes. I'm seeing young men menacingly at night, a march at night <laughs> right. with, with torches. torches. Yeah. And people are telling me and they're that all dressed I'm... the same. Yeah, right. there's no precedent to that. Granted, I mean, there used to be brown shirts, but now they're brown pants because they're called Dockers. Um, But anyway, so even though I can see with my eyes what this looks like and I'm hearing them say Jews will not replace us, I'm being told that they are, this is not racist. (laughs) Yeah. Right? (laughs) Right. Like, prove to me that, that what they're doing is racist. And I'm like, you mean other than... Can you prove it's not? (laughs) (laughs) Other than exactly what they're doing. I mean, like, how much, how much, like, archival documentation, how much, how much literature, how much books, how many photo, what, what is it gonna, ah, okay, just, take a deep breath, take a deep breath. I think... I think that you, I, yeah. I feel like the the way that you're describing this is really legitimate because it is crazy making. Yeah. I mean, that's why they call it gaslighting. Yeah. Because yeah. when you have evidence, you've seen it, you have the data, um, and then somebody is telling you that you're mistaken. Right. And that for you to be upset is actually crazy. Right. 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 And, and the so, fact that you're upset invalidates everything that you s- say from here on out, too, often. Right. Right. Because you're emotional about it. Well, you're hysterical. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. <sighs> right. So as Cezanne was alluding to earlier, um, people would have strategists on their campaigns. And so 
there are very famous strategists. Karl Rove is one. Uh, Roger Stone, who's also in the news presently, is another famous one. Um, and that Cajun dude uh, that was famous during the Clinton years. Oh. James oh. Carville. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> James Carville. <laughs> So many He's, memories of him on Letterman. Yes. Oh. Well, and Bill Hader did him on SNL. Yes. That's what I'm. That's yeah. Why? So, why I laugh. But this is where Lee Atwater. He okay. is. Uh, he's trying to get. Uh, was he trying to get Reagan elected? Anyway, so a famous Republican strategist is Lee Atwater, and so um, we've seen this before, where people say the quiet yes, part out Reagan, loud. Sorry, Reagan and Bush. Okay, um, this is this is uh, where he lays it out. Uh, he said this quote: "You start out in 1954 by saying the worst word you can think of. By 1968, you can't say that word anymore. It hurts you. It backfires. So you say so you say stuff like uh, forced busing, states' rights, and all that stuff, and you're getting so abstract." Now, you're talking about cutting taxes, and all these things you're talking about are totally economic things, and a byproduct of them is blacks get hearse worse than whites. We want to cut this. It's much more abstract than the busing thing, and a hell of a lot more abstract than then, that word. So it's, the, it's that progression yeah. where you know, uh, absolutely overt racial epithet gets sort of progressively like groomed into something that's more palatable and connected to it with like, just with very thoughtful discourse. So like, um, so there's a really cool Vox article that hits on this and it's called like, it's called Dog Whistle something. It's like, you know it when you see it, or do you? Anyway, Ooh. you can find it on Vox. <laughs> and basically it says, like, words and phrases can acquire, like, an emotional charge from their collocates, which is linguistic jargon for, like, verbal com- the verbal company they keep. So linguists call this emotional charge semantic prosody. So, like, if you think of a term like... um like women and children, you know, obviously just purely semantically, it means types of people, right? Women and children. Right. But if you look, if you look it up, the way that it's put, it's always in like victim terms, right? Right. Like so, they're the first on the boats. Yeah. So, the women so it connotes vulnerability. Boats. It connotes something yeah. that has to be protected. It connotes weakness, right? So that, the emotional charge of something like states' rights is, you know, that feeling of, like, basically bigotry. <laughs> um, right. The emotional charge of forced busing, which busing was, you know, when they would send kids to to different parts of town to so they could integrate schools, which well, it, it turns they- out, actually, based on science, is really good for everybody. Right. But but they've made it into a thing where you can't force me to do anything, right? Right. right. But they you but they it, I force busing was the word choice instead of schools uh integration. Yes, exactly. 
Right. You know what? So, you know what? It. I, I'm. Yeah. I'm just gonna. I don't know this for a fact, but I'm gonna ask um, Cezanne. Would it be similar to changing family reunification, like when you're talking about immigration? Yeah. Um. If you were to change that term to chain migration. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. Chain migration. And so, um, so if you change babies. the Right. So it changes the connotation of the word. Right. Yeah. So, but the thing Anchor is, is you could probably... dreamers, right? Is there a same way that you could manipulate language to, to, to even get people to vote against their own best interests? Oh, yes. And let, me, let me give you an example. Yeah. There are huge federal social programs... Um, like healthcare and social security, Medicare. Um, if you were to say, well, we alluded to it earlier, but something like welfare queen, mm-hmm. or um, if you called people who were on those programs takers, right? Um, free lo- freeloaders, freeloaders, right? That's been, yeah, but freeloaders is sort of a directly like you know, a word that means a bad thing in every connotation okay but yeah, like if so you were to say coded. if you were to say something along the lines of welfare reform mm. right right which means oh we're just gonna fix this right but also those all those people who are on welfare aren't gonna get you know right. aren't gonna be able to game the system anymore you know yeah, okay. but here's the problem <laughs> so if you're focused on the wrong people getting access to resources does that mean that even if you need those resources you will you will vote against it yes that's that's the strategy that's the Mm -hmm. southern strategy okay (laughs) i was trying to i'm gonna i i was leaning on that pretty heavy so i'm glad you picked it up (laughs) but if you were wondering why people um uh love uh, Medicaid, but they hate Obamacare. It's uh, it's the same principle. Yeah, right. Barack, so you get pe- Barack Hussein Obama. <laughs> <laughs> ding, dilly, ding 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 ding. <laughs> that's, that's on the card. That's on yeah. the card. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I wanted to just go back to what y'all were saying about Nixon getting onto that law and order stance. Yes, this is some more some more coding. Yeah. Um, where, uh, what he said in his acceptance speech at the Republican National Convention, the first civil right of every American is to be free from domestic violence. Mm -hmm. And there he's, what's coded is civil rights, uh, riots. Yeah. Free from Um, people fighting for their rights. People from but yeah, yeah, like oh, domestic violence. Mm-hmm. He's right. not talking about. But again, it would sort of link anybody who was um, fighting for civil rights in any way um, that essentially they were the ones who were violent, right? right? Because they're interrupting the status quo. Right. Yeah, they're the source of anxiety. So the people that are causing this anxiety are the villains in this situation. Right. And you'll see that again 
for example, like with uh, football players kneeling, it's a civil rights protest. Right. But people are angry that it's disruptive and it's tense. Right. Yep. And that they're forced to think about these issues at all when, you know, it's, I mean, that's sort of why you protest. Right. That's the coded way of delegitimizing a legitimate civil rights uh, protest. Yeah. And, you know, we were talking about gradualism uh, before when we talked about the uh, senator from Texas where he was like, well, this is inevitable, but we should, uh, you know, keep the peace Uh and, and sort of, you know, do it bit by bit. You know, in <laughs> well, and they really did drag yeah. out desegregation. <laughs> they, <sure did. laughs> they really did. Do you remember? Uh, it's like an old Chris Rock joke where he talks about he's talking about um, I guess the Emancipation Proclamation, and he was like he gave the year, but he said or whenever your deci- your town decided to be cool. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of yeah. how, like... Yeah, this, I mean, it yeah. was into the 70s that yeah. it was still going on. Right, like, they, yeah. they passed the Civil Rights Act in, I think, 1964, but if your town didn't decide to be cool <laughs> until, I don't know, the late 80s, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're out of luck, you know. God. Well, and I think this was, like... You know, that just plays into this whole thing. It's like, yes, it's a gradualism, but also what's gradually happened is that it's gotten, like, more and more and more, and more covert. And the, the, that article that uh, we were reading about how Trump basically ended the Southern strategy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, well, okay, I guess, you know, we don't have to do that anymore. We can just be we're straight back. up racists. We're back. <laughs> put 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 your hood on. Get your tiki torch. Yeah. We're back. Yeah. There's right. no need. We don't need to be. Don't be ashamed. Yeah, don't be don't ashamed. Be, ashamed. be proud. Just get, get, be a proud call boy. Call the police. Call the police. <laughs> but um, just to to show that this discontinued for a while, uh, we were talking about Reagan and. He began his presidential campaign, and you were saying it earlier. What city was he in? <laughs> well, you told me the city. I just knew the county fair name. It was Philadelphia. Uh, is it Philadelphia? Philadelphia, Mississippi. That's yeah. right. Phil- yeah, not not the one that would have been appropriate, which was in Pennsylvania, but yeah. the one in Mississippi. The one you've never heard of. Neshoba. Right, but it was famous, and Neshoba I can't. I'm trying to put my county fin- fair. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I'm trying to think of where I've heard that. Right. S- that before. Right. Um, it was yeah. Yeah, I, did, I mean you can. Uh, uh, yeah, it was um, at a the county fairgrounds right down the road from uh where Cheney, Goodman, and Schwerner, uh, the civil rights movement protesters were murdered in Mississippi. Mm. So but we so. But that's weird because why were they in Mississippi? I mean, I, I know it was civil rights, just, but just, just to go on tour, just for fun, <laughs> just for fun, yeah. because walk about. because Mississippi, Mississippi was a fun time <laughs> to see the um, river. But it, it had to do with voting, right? Yeah, it, yeah, they were and they were activists going down to Mississippi, and they were abducted. But um, 
so anyway, but all this to say mm. is that, like, right now in North Dakota, uh, only people that have uh, a street address can vote. Right. So, um, but there are Native Americans, it, if they live on reservations, they use a P.O. box. So that disenfranchises Sorry. Native Americans. Sorry, you can't vote. <laughs> and, um, and in Georgia, they uh, will match up your name to your previous voting record. And if there are any changes in your name, for example, yeah. like um, if you have a hyphenated name. For yeah. example, or a difficult to spell name. Or like if if there's a if you have like an enye, but then the enye is not there. It's still an n, the letter n, but it doesn't have like the the tilde. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that can. Well, and again, that that disenfranchises uh, people that have difficult names. Or unusual names that may be misspelled clerically. Ethnic names. <laughs> yeah. And by unusual. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, also women because they have name changes over the course of their life. Yep. Yeah. Uh, people with hyphenated names. Um, and uh, yeah. So ethnic names. Yeah. People that have uh, names that maybe originated or are more common in a different language. Yeah. Tactics are still in play. So to think that they are. I think a lot of times when you talk about civil rights issues or we talk about this on their strategy, it, people think, oh, well, thank God we learned our lesson. <laughs> no. No. Nope, I mean, that's nope. what they would sort of have us believe that mm. this no longer happens anymore. Like we saw the civil rights movement movies. I like I saw Roots in sixth grade. Like. <laughs> We came to our senses. It doesn't exist anymore. Right. If that's true, then you wouldn't still need to disenfranchise voters. Yeah. I mean, and if you need proof that it's true, because I know people like proof, you can just (laughs) play dog whistle bingo every time you hear someone, um, you know, stumping or in a debate or what have you because yeah. right now we have thing we talk about things like v- uh voter integrity like voting integrity right polling mm. or election integrity right right and um we also you know we really want to be tough on crime right and a lot of people talking about um what was a good one well, they're also, they're worried about immigration, yep. which right. hasn't always been the most pressing issue. Right. Strong and borders. When mm-hmm. we're talking about tough on crime, we're not talking about the billionaire executives that are ugh, causing the no, apocalypse. No, no, no. Not that, not that kind of crime. No. Oh, not that tough. We're talking about right. urban right. crime. Yeah. We're talking about black on black oh, crime. Oh, urban. Oh, urban. Ding, 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 yep. ding. Sorry, just just as a disclaimer, all of these are dog whistles. They're not things that <laughs> yeah. I'm saying. Well, wait a second. Um, isn't nearly everybody who worked on Trump's campaign in jail or and or convicted of a crime? Are those the people these that are not need the criminals to be? We're talking about. Okay. Okay. Um, also, you know, we talk about crime in terms of the the people who are coming across our our borders, and that's why we had strong borders. We don't yeah. want, um, you know, we don't want bad hombres and what have you. Right. And they, 
they are not refugees, right? But they're illegal aliens. Exactly. Ding, ding, <laughs> ding, 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 dang, dong. <laughs> Which is why you put a child in a dog kennel in a tent city, <laughs> because they are not a refugee. They are, in fact, an illegal alien that needs to be put <laughs> in jail. Oh, but I... De- like So as a, uh, all this to say, we're talking about... Uh, this is sort of oh, related yeah. to the misinformation campaigns that we talked about earlier, but, you know, we're talking about coded language and, you know, how it's been a, a strategy to recruit a certain segment of the population by um, not being necessarily direct, but appealing to things that they share in common that aren't. It's all a big wink wink. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in Florida, for the gubernatorial race, we have... Um, oh, yes. <laughs> uh, oh, this... Oh, mm-hmm. Okay, so we have DeSantis and Andrew Gillum. Um, DeSantis is a Trump supporter, very strong Trump supporter, and he's run a bit of a dirty campaign. Um, they are in the middle of a debate, and Gillum says... Mm-hmm. I'm not calling Mr. DeSantis a racist. I'm simply saying the racists believe he's a racist. <laughs> well, also, uh, didn't, speaking of coded language, didn't DeSantis say that something along the lines of we don't want to monkey this up? He did. Oh, yeah. yeah. He did. That was good. That was a and good again, one. And again, it wasn't because he was racist. But he knew that people who were racist right. would understand that he supports them. But yeah. also, right? maybe he's racist. I mean, I'm going to entertain <laughs> that. I mean, I, I mean, I can't, I can't look into another man's soul. It's and not for me to judge. Another. It's not for me to judge. Right. And I'm not saying the mob engages in illegal activity. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, Gina, you better say that because Be they're now they're coming for you. Be careful. No, I'm, no. I'm saying, look, I would I'm not I would never talk Cosa Nostra. I will never talk. <laughs> uh, but all but what I'm saying is that if somebody were to accuse him of being a racist, it'd be it's not overt. There isn't a clip of him saying something incredibly hateful. <laughs> yeah. But that that's the tactic. Yeah. Right? So. Right. But when I hear it with my ears or see it with my eyes, it does come off as incredibly racist <laughs> and hateful. Yeah. So how, I mean, like, like, kudos for them for, like, they, they, figured it out like you, they you cracked cracked the code they, they 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 got it down but like it doesn't stop me from like see being like it's not like i am like wait a minute did i hear that right i'm like what oh my right. god mm-hmm. it's like immediate right well you know they're not trying to win your vote and <laughs> right no yeah. certainly no, not they're, so, they're they really not will. concerned about your uh your reaction to what they say they, no right because they, they you're will part be. of the angry mob right that's Good. exactly why wow. that's why that's why it doesn't fit in your ear quite right because 
They're not. They're, you are not a dog, Anne. That's why you can't hear the whistle. <laughs> there you go. Oh. Okay. So, there you go. But, oh, God. We were talking about... Oh, yeah. They're not after my vote, obviously. I don't, oh, right, I don't, right. I don't You're not a dog. I'm not a dog. I don't hear the whistle. Right. Should we try yeah. some dog whistles out on you and see what happens? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you have more? Oh, I've gotten tons of them. <laughs> let's go. Uh, okay, let's get started. Well, I mean... I mean, the, an a very obvious contemporary one is "Make America Great Again," right? Right. I mean, that's pretty right. obvious. Um, the War on Terror. Ah, good one. Yeah. Um, Ted Cruz, when I think it was when he was in his presidential bid, talked about New York values. Do right. Remember that? Well, it's odd that he would say that because. Um, you know, stalking um, couples in um, the cover of darkness and shooting them um, <laughs> is very much like New York values. I mean, like Son of Sam. I mean, for the Zodiac Killer to say that. like, <laughs> oh, Okay, wow. That was really yeah. slow on the uptake. That's okay. I was like, <sighs> really? Okay. Nothing? Okay. You're like, I'm pretty sure you know this trope, Cezanne. <laughs> I was like, we've ta- we talked <laughs> about it. This is your recently. favorite thing about Ted Cruz. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. <laughs> that, and he's the grandpa from the Adams Family. Oh, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I've never heard that. Yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> or the Munsters, Grandpa Munster, I think. <laughs> So uh, along the lines of War of Terror, and how do you feel about uh, Sharia law? Ooh. <laughs> well, it's a threat. I mean, right? Yeah, yeah. but it's uh, obviously we're on the brink of it in this country. So, Well, religious freedom. Religious freedom. Yeah, we said that one earlier. Uh, oh, sorry. Also, yeah. uh, family values along those lines. Family values, uh, sanctity uh, of marriage. Right. Yeah, and also... Yeah. And also I think when you realize that it is part of like a concerted effort to cloud the meaning of, you know, the discourse and to appeal to, you know, these sort of kind of noxious feelings, right? Then. Yeah. And it's been developing over, you know, decades. Well, and I think the other thing too is that it it is it even has it, it's so insidious because even people that would not consider themselves racist they may not even know that their beliefs are based on white supremacy like, they may not know that that's that that's what it's cloaked in historically right so you know why why wouldn't we want strong borders? I don't understand. Like, right. why I don't want my kid bust across town. I, yeah. What's wrong with all of these things? Right. And I think it's important and it's responsible to let people know that it's it's not that any one of these issues means that you are a racist, right? But just be more cognizant because you don't want to contribute to white supremacy if you can... I think a good tip okay would be to listen what to what 
um, black people or American Indian people or any marginalized population has to say on the issue and instead of arguing or getting offended or or taking it personally again just listen yeah huh i mean ironically <laughs> we're doing a lot of talking right now so I- yeah <laughs> well but but well no but my but the point is though it's like cuz it's it's important it's important to talk about like whiteness and white supremacy and the problems with it and the how just it is like a disease within everything well i was just gonna say i think that that you're probably that's probably the most important thing is that going forward as divisive as the rhetoric is that it's important that we listen to each other and the reason why that's important is because we don't always know what goes on in somebody's life and what goes on in their shoes. And if we knew better, we'd probably feel a lot more empathy towards them. And so I think part of this strategy is to keep people ignorant of that difficulty that other people... So if you are disabled and you don't have access to the world like other people do, or if you can't get a job because you have an unusual name or you know, you don't have access to an education because you live in the wrong neighborhood. It's if people believe that these things don't exist or aren't happening, then you don't have to address them. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think the key going forward is that there's no reason to be defensive. We just need to talk to each other. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's the, that's right. the end of the end of the road, not the end of the Southern strategy, because I can't imagine that's ever going to. It's such a chestnut. Yeah. I don't know why they would change it now. Oh, just to finish it off. Um, I wanted to point out there's an argument Republicans use hmm. um, to defend like. Well, we're, we actually, we are the, when they're saying we're the party of Lincoln and it's Mm -hmm. the Democrats who did Jim Crow and this or that, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, sure, but you're not talking about the same Republican party. Right. Furthermore, I'd like to leave you with a quote from Lincoln. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Yep. Um, My paramount objective in this struggle is to save the Union. And is not either to save or to destroy slavery. If I could save the Union without freeing any slave, I would do it. And if I could save it by freeing all the slaves, I would do it. If I could save it by freeing some and leaving others alone, I would do that also. That's from Lincoln. Yeah. So. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know what that means. He's saying... It means he, he wants, basically he, wasn't he, like a great he emancipator. He, he doesn't give oh. a shit. He doesn't give a shit about slavery. Oh, it was a burn. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. He doesn't give a shit. If he could okay. save the, if I could save the union without freeing any slave, <laughs> I, mean, I would I do it. I didn't know you were headed into a Lincoln burn. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait, this isn't Lincoln nice at all. Yeah. Yeah. No, I am. I am. Ah, okay, that's how funny. I was because like, wait, it just doesn't sound very nice. I, hey, I'm, you <laughs> it's know, not good. it's okay. not. Ah. So, 
history <laughs> history is problematic and complicated and okay uh, i'm so sorry yeah you yeah, know, no, to, to the, the the Republican Party was was never perfect. Neither was the Democrat Party. No, that's true. Oh. And the other thing is that the when I was I don't know if you ran into this as well, but when I was trying to research, if you just type in Southern Strategy, like the first ten articles I saw were conservatives saying how it doesn't exist, right? As if there isn't tape of Lee Atwater. <laughs> outlining it explicitly <laughs> right again gaslighting thank you right right so that's yeah exactly i mean it would be different if there weren't fact-based evidence anyway thanks for listening to the episode i hope you've taken away some some helpful lessons right mm-hmm. yeah okay. um good i'm glad you did i did uh-huh. i did I'm gonna put up a a dog whistle bingo card on uh Woo! on our Insta and our Twitter. Actually, I'm not gonna do it. I'm gonna give it to Anne. Yeah, I yeah, and and by she uh, yeah, okay. That's uh, okay. I, but... And I will do it. I will do it. Right. So we're gonna do that. And so check us out on uh, Instagram Axopod, Twitter Axopod. Um, we're also on Facebook Axopod as well. And um. Wow, thanks. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for hanging in there with us. <laughs> yeah. I'm we're gonna guys, we're gonna make it. All right, we're all we're gonna do it together. Mm-hmm. All right. I also hey, I also need to say that uh I I've never let my husband tell me who to vote for. <gasps> oh, that's oh, right. Corrections, yeah. That's right. That that's was a correction. That was pretty uh it's been nagging me for several weeks. I was I was speaking in coded language because I didn't want to out somebody else in right. my family. It, it, right. But it's not me. Four. Right, right, right. They didn't. Yeah. So, anyway. So, we were okay. just we, trying yeah. to, we were just being a little bit too coded. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let the code come down. All right. Now it's time Matrix to say. Matrix style. Now it's time to say goodbye. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. I know. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Y'all didn't like my Matrix style? <laughs> Let the code come down Matrix style? <laughs>